Hi there, thanks for joining us. This interview is part of the Electric International series, Think Like a Leader. And today we're meeting with Deborah Margraf. Deborah is chapter executive of the Arizona chapter of NECA. They've got 23 members, their growth is stable, things are good. Deborah's been in the association management profession for more than 30 years. This year, she got an award. She was named by the Arizona Capital Times as one of the 2020 leaders in the state of Arizona. Congratulations, Deborah. She was also named executive of the year a number of years ago by the Arizona Society of Association Executives. That's the group of all like-minded people who are running associations. So we wanted to have the opportunity to talk with Deborah a little bit. Welcome, Deborah. Um, about Phoenix, about your chapter, and what you see are the key leadership issues. So let me start with a question about Phoenix itself. Phoenix has really grown dramatically over the past 10 to 20 years. What impact has the growth physically of the, and economically of the city had on the way you design your strategy for running your chapter? Carolyn, that's a really good question. Um, I started out here in the Arizona chapter in 2001. And um, during that time, as you mentioned, our, our members have been stable, but our work has increased, which is um, right in line with the population growth of Arizona. Right. Uh, Maricopa County is the fastest growing county in the United States. So we have, I think, 100,000 people that come into the valley every year to make this their home. And it's very evident as you drive around the valley and you see um, issues going on. I think as a chapter, we have done everything that we can to help the contractors. We've given them lots of tools. Um, we have a residential agreement that now allows the contractors to do piecework, just like the non-union, how they build buildings, and there's so many apartments going in. Um, we have finally have a contractor who's utilizing that contract. It's been in place for about 10 years, but we have somebody who's actually said, hey, I think I'm going to try it. Um, the majority of our work, I would say, is all, you know, commercial and industrial work, and, and we have a very vibrant um, CWCE program, and we also have a very vibrant Code of Excellence program. Um, we meet every single month, and that's our way of dealing with those individuals who are um, in the workforce but may have issues. Maybe they have um, um, attendance issues, or they have issues where they just can't seem to work for any of our contractors. And so we have that, that committee, and it works every single month. And I think that those are things as a chapter that we've promoted, and we've made sure that they work. Well, even as you promote them, you can't make somebody come to something unless they want to. You, that you can't make somebody take advantage, no matter how many fabulous programs you have. So what kind of steps do you take to ensure not just that you're meeting the needs of the contractors, but that they know what they don't know? How do you help them know, listen, we've got this kind of program for you and it could really help you to do X. What steps do you take to get that word out? So as a chapter, we have um, membership meetings every other month. We also have a newsletter that goes out to the contractors. And, you know, we put everything in those in, in 
we discuss them at the membership meeting and we send them out um, in the newsletter and then we can continue to send them out in the newsletter. And I would say probably a lot of it has to do with the open communication that we have at the membership meetings. You know, I probably have about 15 people who show up at a membership meeting. That's pretty good when you only have 23 members. Um, and so, you know, we, we're constantly informing the members of, of the items that are there for them. That's what's there for them to help them as a contractor and I think they all know that they can pick up the phone and call me at any time and you know most of the time they just call my cell phone they never call the office phone so it's hardly ever that it rings um, but they know I'm here and and that whatever it is they need that that we'll go and get the for them if there's something that needs to be done at the IBEW we'll sit down with the business manager and we will work out what's necessary to help those contractors be successful as you think about the 23 companies that are members of your chapter I'm sure, and I'm not asking you to identify them, but I'm sure in your mind's eye, there are some that are very, very good, some that are kind of middle of the road going nowhere, and some that you're just like, oh Lord, please don't let him show up. In your opinion, what are some of the top factors that separate the good contractors from the great contractors? What really makes the difference? Um, I would say the great contractors are the ones who utilize all the tools that Nika has to offer them. Okay. Um, I would say that that makes for the really great contractors. Those are probably my most successful contractors. Those are the contractors that have um, the largest growth. Um, when I first started, we had in the NECA world, we had three large contractors. We now have between five and six, just depending on the year and, and how things are working. So, you know, they've become successful and they, they know that that there are many things Nika has to offer for them. And as a chapter manager, I believe my biggest thing is that I go out and find things that I think are good for them. And if one person takes advantage of it as a manager, that, that was a success for me because that's what I believe my job is. My job is to bring them tools that will help them become better businesses. So you are help, if I can just paraphrase it, you're helping to lead them to greatness by making them aware of all of the different programs and tools that are available to them and ways that they can incorporate those into running their own businesses. Yes. And, and I mean, you know, whether that is um, one of the things that I think re is really great that Nika put out several years ago, which was the Nika safety app. And now they have um, e-safety line. And one of the things I did is I went to the board and I said, you know what, some of you are large contractors, you have safety people on your staff, but there are many of our contractors that don't have that type of an individual on their staff. So we need to help them. We need to provide them with this, um, these apps. And so the board agreed with me and, and we pay um, for every contractor, we pay for the NECA safety app, meaning the chapter pays for that safety app. Right. And then any of the contractors who wanna utilize the e-safety line, it's there for them and the chapter will pay for that um, annual subscription for them. Do you think that Electric International and its work have proven beneficial to the contractors that are in your chapter? Oh, yes, most definitely. I'm always getting phone calls. Um, Deborah, do you have access to this study? Do you have access to that study? And I will tell you that even before Electri went out and made all of the um, studies 
electronic, we scanned them ourselves. So we made them all electronic. They were all on our website. So the contractor could just log right in and get whatever they needed. Um, I will tell you, I pushed tremendously on the pandemic study and mm -hmm. there's many of my contractors that have utilized that to help them with change orders during this time. When you look at the chapter from the other side, when you look at it from the contractor's perspective, what attributes do you think that they are looking for and, and what are things that you do to make sure that you are the best possible chapter leader that you can be? Um, I believe that they're looking for somebody to help them, whether it be help me find this document, help me find this government agency, um, help me with you know, getting um, termination slips or getting whatever forms they need. I think that that's what they rely upon us for. Um, you know, we have a standard drug testing policy here at the chapter, and I get phone calls all the time on that one. And one of the things that I decided to do a couple of years ago was, you know what, they're always asking questions. So we're going to bring our attorney in two times a year and we're going to have our attorney sit down and he's going to be there to talk to the contractors and um, help answer their questions. But every single time, even though they may have been here on Friday, Monday, they call me with another question. Oh, how do I handle this? Or how do I handle that? And so I think as a chapter manager, you just have to be there to help guide them in the right direction. Sometime you may have the answer and sometime you have to say, well, this would be the way I would do it, but I would recommend you talk to your legal counsel or you, know, you go out and find the, the specific agency that they need to talk to. What, if anything, have you had to do to modify the running of the chapter because of the pandemic? Um, I would say early on, early on when we weren't sure what was going on, we started limiting, um, you know, I'm a small chapter. There's myself and my assistant. We're the only ones here in the office. And so in the beginning, it was um, she would come one day to work and I would come the next day to work. And then when we were shut down completely for about a month and a half, I just made sure she had access to everything that she needed. And the same with myself. And, and we continued on and we continued to do everything that had to be done. And we got all of our work done. Um, how about meetings with the chapter? What did you do with your chapter meetings? Um, we immediately went to Zoom. Okay. So, um, all of our meetings have been by Zoom. Nothing has stopped. I, I want to say, I don't believe we had a meeting in March because we weren't quite sure what we were going to do. Um, but going forward, we've still had our every other month membership meeting. Um, we finally had our first board meeting in person in October. So that's the first time the boards met in person since February. And then we are going to have our uh, membership meeting in November by Zoom, but the board will come and meet in person. During this time, we've also continued to have our labor management meetings with the IBEW 640. And we've had those on the same day as the membership meeting. So we'll log out and log back in. And that's been very productive. And your members have been um, accepting of doing everything by Zoom? Do you think you'll keep going in Zoom even after we're allowed to be back in the same room at the same time? Um, I believe they've been very accepting because actually I have more people showing up to the Zoom meetings. Okay. And I think that, you know, um, Phoenix is a very large city. And so for many of my contractors, it might be a 30, 45 minute drive to the NECA office. And so with Zoom there, 
you know, two o'clock comes around, they can just log in and, and they're there. Um, so I'm not really sure what will happen because I know I have some people that really like the Zoom and I have some people that like in person. So um, we'll probably go along with a hybrid type meeting. Mm -hmm. As you think about the growth of Phoenix, the growth of Arizona over the next five to 10 years, do you see major changes coming for the electrical construction industry, which in turn then would impact your chapter or has the growth peaked in the county? Um, no, the growth has not peaked. It's still coming. Okay. There's still people moving here every day. Um, the one thing that I can say about Phoenix um, and the whole Phoenix metropolitan areas, we're going a lot to data centers. We're seeing a lot of data centers being built here. Um, we're seeing a lot of solar. Um, we have a, an abundant amount of open desert, so it's, mm -hmm. it's uh, plenty of space to put in the solar out there. Right. And, you, you know, well, yeah. And so, you know, we've kind of had to make changes because we know if there's solar plants going in, you have to be very observant about the workforce. Right. And so we've had to create um, different work times for those individuals who are working in the solar fields when they're being installed, because, you know, it's, it does get a little warm here in the summertime. And so you have to be very observant about that. What would you like to see Electric International be doing over the next three to five years? If you said, you know, I think one area Electric ought to look at is X or one thing that they haven't thought about before. And so I want to bring it to everybody's attention is. Um, I would say, I think you since electric supports the electrical construction industry correct you know our biggest issue i believe is the workforce and i think that that's everybody's big issue is okay. how do we get enough um, trained electricians to to be in our workforce and anything that electric can do to help us um, in that manner i mean you know help us get more individuals interested in the field um, i think that's that would be a real plus do you think that electric needs to work harder on getting people to go into the actual trade of being an electrician or more with the college students, getting them to see all the different kinds of behind the scenes in the office careers that are available to them? Or is it both? Um, I would say it's probably both of those and then even maybe one step further, maybe electric can help us as an industry how we go out and get people and recruit them into the field. Um, because, you know, how do I want to say this? We're only as good as who we can reach. Okay. And if we're only reaching three high schools, but there's 20 high schools, then how do we get to those other 17 high schools? So, so if Electric had video clips or a program that you could give to one of your contractors and say, here are five bullet points, go talk to kids at their career day, that kind of help? Yes, I believe so. And, and, you know, one of the things that we've done here is our little cactus program, um, careers in architecture, um, construction trades, uplifting students. And it's really geared towards grade school type age children. Wow. Okay. So, and so what we're doing is we're teaching them about careers in construction. And um, it's been very beneficial. And hopefully this year, um, we're not having any classes at our school because of the pandemic, but right. we're trying to get everything in order. So by next year in September, we're hoping to be able to roll that out to more schools in the Phoenix metropolitan area.
I've gone through the different questions that I've had, except for one more. What is the one thing you want to tell other chapter executives that you've learned and that has helped you the most to be a good leader? I would see by observing other um, executives, okay. maybe not just executives in NECA, but executives in other associations. So I believe, you know, having been um, uh, president of the AZSAE, past mm -hmm. president, um, that has helped me tremendously because I'm able to sit down with other association executives. Um, I think every time that I go to a seminar that's a round table type, round table type discussion that those are the best ones they have because you always learn something from someone else so the final word on this is leaders learn by learning from others that would be mine yes okay. I, mean, I mean i will say probably one of the things i learned so in my two years in oregon um i saw that tim gothier had I guess he calls them lunch and learns. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I call them here. So when I came back to the Arizona chapter, I started implementing lunch and learns. And they aren't necessarily for any particular person at the contractor. One may be for the payroll people. Then we may have one for the safety people. Um, and I believe that that has been very beneficial to my members. And that was something that I learned from him. Perfect. Well, everything you've told us this afternoon absolutely reinforces why you were named one of the 2020 leaders by the Arizona Capital Times. Congratulations on that. And thank you, Deborah, for your time. We all look forward to being together with you. I mean, the last time I saw you, we were in St. Petersburg, Florida, and that was literally the last time I traveled. I don't know about you, but we're all looking forward to next year. So stay healthy and stay strong. Thanks for your time today. Thank you.